doing. <coughs> I wasn't expecting that. Let's try that again. How are we all doing? Wow, I sound like a, I sound like a lesbian that's just left a nightclub. <sighs> wow. How are we all? There we go. That's better. <laughs> so, uh, King's Day here in the Netherlands. Um, if you are listening to the podcast or if you are streaming the, the show live by Podbean, uh, King's Day is the king's birthday. And it's a day where everybody in the Netherlands gets drunk and has a good time. Now, usually that's okay, but in the current circumstances that we are living in, that's not a good idea. Um, obviously, the weather's really nice outside. It is so busy. Um, one of the one of the girls that I live with um, in this uh, commune that I live in, um, I was uh, I was about to go down there down the lift, um, and she was. Yeah, she was going down as well. I think she had to grab some stuff from her room or whatever. And she said, you know, it's so busy that uh, the, the police have, have told people you cannot come inside the park anymore. It's, it's too busy. So, yeah. It's it's really busy outside. And I, I'm, I just hope that... Uh, I just hope that uh, the numbers don't go up. I really hope so because I, I, I really don't want to go back into another lockdown. And this is the thing about this is the thing about Dutch people. And I get into I, 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 I make a lot of people angry who, who live in the Netherlands, who are either Dutch or who love the Netherlands. But they've got a very strange way of thinking strange culture it's it's just it's it's not normal you know whatever chance they they'll they'll get to to go out in big groups they will do it regardless of the situation whether it's a pandemic whether there's a, a an outbreak of whatever as soon as as long as they've got the all clear they'll go and I just, I don't understand this. I really don't understand it. And another thing, it's, it's, you know, it's the whole when it's your birthday. It's not just your birthday, it's everyone's birthday. You know, so it was my, it was my birthday on Saturday. And, you know, I, I didn't want to make a big fuss out of it anyway. I hate making a fuss out of my, out of my birthday. And thank goodness I didn't, because from from what I've heard from people who live in the Netherlands, it's it's not your birthday; it's it's everyone's birthday. And I just I I don't understand that. You know, I understand if if it's your birthday and you just happen to share your birthday with someone else at your work or that you live with or whatever, then I understand. But yeah, the Dutch the Dutch way of, of of doing things is very strange and um I 
can't remember who it was I, I, I spoke with. I spoke with someone over the weekend and I, I went to go ahead. I had a chat with them about something and we, we got into the whole uh, Corona outbreak and how the Dutch have, how badly the Dutch have, have handled the, the outbreak. It's, it's laughable. It really, it really is laughable. I think, I think the way the Dutch have handled it is it's pretty much on par with how the UK have handled it. Obviously, the UK have had more deaths, but the Dutch seem to do the same thing as the UK, which is very frustrating. But anyway, we were, we were chatting about just how bad, you know, the situation is and just how bad Mark Rotter has, has made the situation and how, mu- and how much he has lied, that it's almost... It's almost impossible to go back to into a lockdown. And I I said I said something along the lines of Yeah, you know, I think you know, I, I thought that, you know, before I came to the Netherlands, it would be very similar to, to Germany. But I was so wrong. It is it is Polar opposites to Germany in the in regards to how they think, how they do stuff. Their whole mindset is just different. I'm not saying Germany does things better. I mean, obviously, you know, if you look at the, if you read the news or watch the news, you will you will know and and see. You know, it's it's pretty bad in Germany, not as bad as India, but still, for a, a European country that has such high living standards. And such high standards in general, yeah, they're not doing too good. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's just really frustrating and annoying. That's all. And I just I just hope that uh, this isn't the case, and we don't go back into uh, into a lockdown. I mean, I, I I've heard both sides of people. I've heard that you know it's it's. I've heard that we can't go back into a lockdown because of the lies Mark Rotta has, has said to us and just the way he's handled it. But also, I think, or I, I think and I know that we've sort of gone over the, the, the peak, as they call it. So let's see. I, I hope not. I, I hope we don't go into a lockdown. And I did say on last week's show that... The Dutch need to close, they need to shut the, the route between India and the Netherlands. They need to have a no-fly zone. And I'm, I'm glad to say they've done that. I'm, I'm really glad to, to say that uh, they've put a no-fly zone on India. That's still not to say that Indians can't find other ways to get to the Netherlands, but the main route is a little bit, it's, it's, I was going to say difficult, it's, it's impossible to come here. So I am I'm I'm happy about that. <sighs> you know, today feels like a it honestly generally feels like a Saturday here in the Netherlands. It, everything is closed and it's just the whole the whole environment just feels like a Saturday. You know, it's nice weather, everyone is outside drinking. Lots of people are going to have hangovers tomorrow. I don't even know if people are going to go to work tomorrow. Be interesting. But it does feel like a Saturday. 
obviously where we record in the stu- in our premises here, there's no one here. There's nobody here. Completely empty. It's very strange. Very strange feeling this. <sighs> you know, I was watching. I've been keeping. I've been keeping a track of this whole of what's happening in in India, and um, it's it's sad. Really, really sad. Um, and you can, this is this is the difference between uh, news in England and news in in Europe. So I've been watching some Sky News clips um, of what's happening in in India, and I've been watching Deutsche Welle. And uh, there was a there was a lady broadcasting at uh, broadcasting. She was reporting in her hazmat suit, you know, proper COVID protection. And all these Indians are looking at her like she's some kind of alien. But anyway, she's she's a uh, she's talking. But in the background, you can see what I assume is a dead body. Um, but they've blurred it, so they've made it obvious it's a dead body. Whereas on Deutsche Villa, they leave everything. They they leave it as it is. So, you know, I I watched. I was watching uh, some people bringing in this body from from a car, and they put this body on onto a stretcher. And I I'm guessing either that person was dead already, or they were on their way to die, because you know when. You know when when you help your friend and they're drunk, they are completely intoxicated. You're just this this limp. You're you're, you're like a jelly, a jelly feature. You just, you know, you just there's no control in you. You if someone rolls you over, you just roll over. If you know what I mean, you're like jelly. You're like there's no life in you. And you know, I was like, wow. And then they were uh, they were talking to some reporter. Um, and I think it was Delhi, I think it was, somewhere in India. And um, they went to this morgue, because obviously they've had to make morgues now. They've had to set, they've had to make these custom morgues because so many people are dying. And um, they were throwing these bodies into the morgue, into these wooden um, huts, and then obviously putting it, setting it on fire. But they showed this, and this is the difference between the UK and Europe. And this is what I love about uh, broadcasting in, in Europe, is that, you know, it's not it's not censored. It's not sensitive because that's what broadcasting is. That's what journalism is. You know, you're going to see stuff like this. The whole reason you're, you are a journalist is because you want to bring the story to the people. What's the point of going to... India, for example, reporting on uh, COVID cases and people dying, and then you censor half the stuff. What is the point of that? And this is the thing. I think people in Europe are more realistic about the fact that, you know, we're humans, we have a time span, and we're going to die. I think that's... That's the whole European philosophy. That's the whole European mindset, and that's awesome. I love that because you know we've all we're all got a time limit on us. So yeah, it's 
It's a big difference. And I saw this and I was like, wow, that is that is journalism at its at its best. Because she's talking. While she's talking, you know, the camera looks at the camera pans away and looks at these these morgue people. I don't know what you call them. Cemetery people. I don't know what you call them. And them putting this body in the in this uh, makeshift uh, wooden hut where they were going to cremate it. And she's still talking, and I'm, I just saw this, and I'm like, wow. This person deserves a Pulitzer. Not even an Oscar, because the Oscars are just laughable. I mean, yeah, it's just laughable. You know, everyone's going on about, uh, there was this Netflix... Um, uh, a documentary by some South African uh, 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 director. I haven't watched it. I, I've been meaning to watch it, but I haven't watched it. But uh, everyone's praising about it, so I need to watch it. But apart from that, the uh, Oscars are just laughable. Some some of the stuff that was there is just the Oscars and the um, the Emmys. I can't believe we even still have this kind of stuff. But anyway, I'm not going to cause fights. It's uh, I, I'm done fighting with people and arguing with people because, yeah, I'm just done with it. But uh, yeah, to me, that's that is a that is journalism at its best. Is when you see when you see that, and that's when you that's when you can feel the the pain that a country is going through or what that family is going through. Because when someone is broadcasting and you and they purposely blur the the background, what is the point of broadcast what's the point of going there and, and reporting? You know, it's you know, it's it's the same as playing a radio a, a song on the radio and it's got fuck everywhere or shit. What is the point of playing it? Because it just sounds awful when you want to take the swear words out or, or censor the swear words. But anyway, um, yeah, not really good. Not really good um, what's happening in India. Um, but I see that, uh, you know, sticking with India, I just want to get into some news uh, very quickly about this. Um, I won't get into much about it because, you know, it's been well, it's been well, uh, uh, broadcast around all kinds of channels. Um, but a, a an outbreak among U.S. diplomatic staff in India has left two people dead and over 100 infected, and that's according to CNN. Uh, the source did not tell CNN where the outbreak happened, but the United States has four consulates across India and an embassy in, and an embassy in New Delhi. Now, COVID cases are surging in India, and the mass amount of infections is overwhelming hospitals. So it's it's bad. Really, really bad. I'm delighted to say that. And again, I did say, I'm not saying they're listening to the podcast. I think it's more common sense. I think it's just more human decency. Because I did say we all need to work together on this. We all need to join hands and work together. 
And I'm delighted to say that America is uh, is helping out. Um, I'm delighted that the that the EU, despite them not being able to uh, get their own vaccines and their own pandemic under control, they're helping out, which is terrific. Especially Germany. Germany is one of the biggest co- uh, contributors to India now, and the UK. And we'll get onto the UK in a minute because there's a lot going on in the UK from from Boris Johnson. So I'm delighted to say that the three biggest Western powers and the three biggest economies in the world, par China, are joining hands and are helping. They're sending gas, they're sending medical supplies. I heard some, I heard America might even be sending uh, uh, um, uh, uh, vaccines. So terrific. I am... This is this is what's important about being a human being is that we uh, we all we all work together. Forget about our backgrounds, our cultures, our political differences. When we're in need, we join forces and we help to eliminate this, or at least try and eliminate it. Terrific, absolutely terrific. I'm really happy about uh, about that. Terrific news, and uh, they were saying that uh, um, uh, that you know, even though pe- the people in India are being vaccinated, the problem is because India's because of India's overpopulation. I mean, it's one point two billion people, or maybe it's even maybe it's even more. I, I don't know the quite the, the figure, but. They are vaccinating people every single day, but because of the population in India, it's not even making 5% of the population. Let that sink in, right? Just let that sink in for a second. Because of the population in India, they're vaccinating people every day, according to the government. And uh, the government... The government is attacking Twitter because... People who are on the ground, who are seeing what's happening, are reporting this on Twitter, and the government are actually shutting those people down. They're shutting those accounts down because of disinformation. So you, I don't know, you put, you decide what you want to decide. You believe what you want to believe, but uh, I don't know if uh, if people who are reporting on the ground, witnessing in front of them what is happening and reporting it to the people because the government are so bad at giving up-to-date information. I don't know. To me, that sounds, uh, that sounds pretty, uh, pretty accurate to me in regards to what's really happening. But governments are always like that. They don't like it when people, uh, they don't like it when, when people uh, show that they are better than them or smarter than them. We all know that. But uh, anyway, uh, according to the government, uh, they're vaccinating people every single day. But because of the overpopulation and, you know, of India's problem, it's not even making 5%. (sighs) Help is on the way. That's all I can say. Help is on the way. Now, Madeleine McCann's parents, listen to this. 
and this is this is what's very interesting. Her her parents have more than seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds in a fund to bankroll a private search for their daughter. If if the police hunt if the police hunt ever ends, now the latest accounts uh, for for this poor for this poor girl's fund, uh, leaving no stone unturned, limited shows a balance of seven hundred and seventy three thousand pounds uh, to be used to quote secure the safe return of of their daughter to their family. And uh, to ensure her abduction is thoroughly investigated. And to make sure that her assumed abductors are identified and brought to justice. Now, look. We all know. We all know how bad, just how bad of parents these. These horrible people were. And they still at it. And I said. I, I I said this uh I can't remember when I said this but it seems it's it's every April at the end of every April every year it's it's Madeline season because every 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 at the end of every April this always this ter- this always surfaces and oh there's uh, new evidence or there's new links to find poor Madeline that poor girl I I feel terrible for her you can argue with me as much as you like, but she's no longer alive. Because I, I, I don't know about you, but anyone who abducts a, a person, a, a little girl or a little boy, or abducts any little person, they usually kill them after a certain amount of years. It's, it's just how their brains work. Because if Madeline was alive, and if she was this really smart clever, intelligent person that her parents make her out to be. I mean, she was only four or five years old. I, I, you can't really tell, make out if a child is that clever or that smart then. But if she was this clever person, her par- uh, 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 she would have uh, uh, she would have found a way to uh make herself uh, noticeable. She would have found a way to get help. (sighs) Stuff like this really irritates me. Really, really irritates me. The real criminals are not the abductors. It's the parents. They are the real criminals. Because they were the ones who decided it's a good idea to leave your children... And go have some drinks with your friends. With the with the door, uh, the door was unlocked, which made it even worse. I'm sorry, but you are the real you are the real criminals. Yes, the abductors are horrible, nasty people, but they wouldn't have taken them. They wouldn't have taken Madeline if their parents, if the parents weren't such bad parents. And this won't be the last we hear of, of poor Madeline. This is going to, trust me, mark my words, this is going to come back this time again next year, April. And it's going to come back the year after that, and after that, and after that. Even Netflix figured out and realized that the McCanns are liars and bad parents. 
because there was a documentary on Netflix uh, that it was a 10-part series and it showed just how bad, just how bad these parents were. It is a Terrible. And these parents are reaping the benefits. Absolutely shocking. These are the real criminals, not the abductors. It's just unfortunate that uh, this won't be the last that uh, that we hear from this. It's just... Put it to bed now, really. We all know that she's dead. She's not alive. We all know that she was abducted. Just put it put it to rest, seriously. Now, uh witnesses, this is incredible. Witnesses have said that uh, they will swear on oath that uh, Boris Johnson said he would quote, let the bodies pile up rather than going back into a lockdown. Now, this comes as um as a uh, as the prime minister said that uh this is the last time the UK will go back into a lockdown. Obviously, he said this in December last year, but what he what what the public didn't hear is he supposed he was in a conference call, a Zoom call with all of his cronies, with all of his uh uh um backbenchers and all of that. And he said that this is the last time the UK will go into a lockdown. I will, quote, rather let the bodies pile up than go back into another lockdown. Which is uh, believable because this is, this is something Boris Johnson would say. It's just bad that he's denying it. Uh, it's also probably why the UK had a very strong uh, corona uh, uh, strategy, which is why uh, pretty much almost everyone has had their first dose of 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 the of the vaccine, and people now most people now are starting to get their second jabs. So, yeah, there was a that's one of the reasons why there was a, a strong push for the corona vaccine. It had nothing to do with Brexit. It had nothing to do with uh, nationalism or anything like that. It was purely because Boris Johnson said, I am not going back into a lockdown. And to his credits, I, uh, you know, terrific strategy. But if you're still going to say what you did and not think that your, that your backbenchers are going to remember this, then you are, yeah. Then you then you have problems. Now, uh, obviously, uh, he's categorically denied that uh, he ever made these uh, comments. However, multiple news organizations have spoken to current and former colleagues who say they definitely heard him. Uh, the Daily Mirror reported on Monday that uh, Boris Johnson shouted uh, he'd uh, he'd rather let the bodies pile up in a high He'd rather let bodies pile high in their thousands than permit a third lockdown uh, at a meeting last December. Now, um, 
uh, ITV News, the BBC, The Guardian and Politico have all spoken to multiple sources who say they heard Johnson making the comments in his office. Now, Robert Preston, uh, who is RTV's political editor, a really, really good uh, interviewer, by the way, uh, said on Tuesday uh, he was told by two sources um, that the Prime Minister said this uh, at the end of his uh, December, at the end of his December in his study. Um, he said that uh, he was furious because he felt he'd been railroaded into this uh, second lockdown that happened earlier in the year. Uh, and the Daily Mail initially reported that uh, he was so furious that he said he'd rather see bodies piling up than a third lockdown. Hmm. So let's see what happens. Obviously, because he's in power now, there's not much you can do about it. It's the same as with what happened with Donald Trump. You know, Donald Trump was in power. There was You couldn't impeach him because he was the president. So that's why they had to wait until he left office. And then you could, and then everyone started to uh, implement all of these uh, cases against Trump. So that's most likely what's going to happen with, with Boris. Is they're going to wait until he's finished in office and then they're going to um, tackle him. Now, um, this also comes as uh, Boris Johnson. Uh, is, c- is coming under growing pressure on multiple fronts as he attempts to deflect several political scandals which threaten to engulf his premiership. Uh, the, British, the British press and his former chief advisor, Dominic Cummings, have made sev- uh, several serious allegations about uh, his personal conduct uh, in, last year, in late last year. Uh, those include questions about uh, whether Johnson... Imp- uh, improperly sought political donations to pay for a refurbishment of his flat and whether he sought to delay a leak inquiry uh, that implicated a close friend of his fiance. Uh, sources told The Guardian that Johnson was increasingly isolated and, un- and uncontrollable in Downer Street as the allegations continue to swirl around him. And of course, uh, Downer Street... Well, you know what's coming. They denied all of the allegations. Of course they would. Now, um, I just want to read you something very cool. I, I, love, I love reading stuff like this. I love finding out about stuff like this. Now, listen to this. This is, this is, this is a real success story, by the way. This is, this is real uh, um, businessy business-y-y-y-y. Yes, this is, this is, this is, I love this. Listen to this. Starbucks have, re- have reported, uh, has reported recording second quarter renewals of over $6.8 billion uh, as it's due, uh, as this is due to the speedy vaccinations in the United States, uh, which is making consumers more comfortable uh, with returning to their morning coffee runs. Now, uh, Starbucks reported a second quarter net revenue of uh, $6.8, $6.8 billion, which is a 13.7% increase from a year ago and an 8.1% rise from 2019. 
according to analysts' estimates. Uh, now, Starbucks' revenue, get this. Listen to this. This is incredible. Is expected to rise 7.1% uh, from last year to 4.64 billion uh, earnings per share. Billion. Now, earnings per share uh, are expected at uh, 53, uh, 53%, uh, which is up 32, 32%. Uh, Starbucks has an average buy rating on Wall Street and and a median price target of $119, according to uh, Renative data. That's incredible. That is truly, honestly incredible. Really? Uh, you know, we're in a pandemic. A lot of companies have shut down because they just don't have the money to stay open anymore. Yet, uh, companies like Starbucks have managed to uh, have managed to to do something great like this. Mm, I love success stories like this. It you know they 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 clearly good at you know this kind of stuff. They're just not good at writing people's names. And I've honestly I've given up on Starbucks. I went to Starbucks on my birthday. Thought, uh, yeah, I'll I'll give myself a little gift. I'll spoil myself. So I I went to Starbucks and um, there was a I, a girl. She was training, and I knew she was training because it, she. You could just tell she was training. It was either her first day or her second day or her third day or whatever. Anyway, um, so I uh, it was my turn to go and order my coffee and. I ordered, I I ordered a coffee, and she said, "May I have your name?" So I said, "Of course you can." So I said, "It's Wade, W A D E." And uh, she put that in the computer, and I'm waiting for the barista to give me my coffee. And I go outside, and I look at my name, and it did not say Wade. In fact, it didn't even get close to Wade. It was W-I-A-E-D. I can't even pronounce that. How the fuck she got that when I even spelt my name to you? And I'm not blaming her. It's her first day and, you know, whatever. But this is a, a recent thing. If anyone who, who follows me on, on social media will, will know what I'm talking about. I even made a Starbucks series. And only once... Only once has Starbucks ever spelled my name correctly. Only once. And I just don't understand what is so difficult, especially when I I even spell my goddamn name to you. So clearly, you know, they're good at businessing, they're good at strategizing and all of that. They're just they're just not they just 
don't seem very keen to employ people who are literate and know how to spell names and all of that. They rather have high school dropouts and people who are just really dumb that don't know how to spell names. I think it's a good business model because, you know, you can underpay them. It's terrific. That's probably why Starbucks has uh, done so well in this pandemic. <sighs> anyway, uh, before I wrap things up uh, on the show, this is a <laughs> this is a this is hilarious. Uh, a man uh, on the Spanish island of Mallorca has been arrested on a suspicion of infecting twenty-two people with corona. Uh, police say despite having symptoms and having done a PCR test, he continued his normal life without waiting for the results or quarantine. Uh, the police said that uh, the 40-year-old man went, to, uh, went back to work with a temperature of 104 Fahrenheit, which is about... Get my calculator. Let me get my calculator out. 104 Fahrenheit is around, I would say, around 30 degrees. Forty degrees. Oh, I was almost I was always all I was almost correct. That's a pretty high temperature. Um his work his work colleagues say he was coughing out of control and he was coughing really loudly. And saying that, um, and he was saying to them that I'm going to give you all the coronavirus. I I remember last year um, when this pandemic broke out. I I happened to be getting a takeaway coffee somewhere in, in London, and I, I read something uh, in the newspaper. I was well, I was reading something in the newspaper. Um, whilst I was getting my takeaway coffee. And there was this guy somewhere in the UK, I can't remember where it was, some homeless guy. And he was going into a, a, a supermarket in the UK and saying, I have the coronavirus, you better give me food or you, you, get, you better give me money or whatever it was. So he was using that uh, at a time where this pandemic was something really new, something really scary People don't know what to do. People are panicking. People are over-exaggerating. So this guy thought it was a good idea to uh, <laughs> to use uh, to use this uh, excuse to get free food or free money. Obviously, he got arrested, but uh, it's incredible what you know people people will actually go out their way to uh, uh, to do this. It's uh, it's crazy, really, really crazy. Um, have a good, uh, have a good King's Day if you are in the Netherlands. If not, if you're not in the Netherlands, don't worry, you you're not missing out on anything. Honestly, the King's Day is just another day. It's just another excuse to uh, go out and get drunk. Really, there's no, there's no significance to King's Day. I don't even think the Dutch will, uh, uh, can relate to King's Day. 
So have yourselves a good King's Day if you are in the Netherlands. If you're not, have a good uh, Tuesday. And um, I'll be back on Thursday.